1: My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, on some other thing that I'm sure some platform you found. Yeah. Are we on MySpace?
0: I've never had a MySpace. Are we on
1: Friendster?
0: Never had that either.
1: Are we on GeoCities? Anyway. Or you listen to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. They call her Miss 305. She's Ashley Pickle.
0: Hi, friends. What's up? Just a Tuesday. It is, in fact, You do know I love Tuesdays, though.
1: I do know you love Tuesdays. Like I do one of the one of the great successes of this show is we have turned the objectively worst day of the week.
0: I still disagree with that, but continue.
1: Into the best show to look, of
0: the week. Something to
1: look forward <laughs> to. So uh, today is Tuesday, April eighteenth, twenty twenty three. It is two hundred and nineteen days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Conan O'Brien, who turns sixty years old today. All sixty. Right. He wrote Marge versus the Monorail pickle. He that also wrote Homer important. Goes to College. A lot of really important television series. I didn't episodes. realize
0: he wrote for The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. It's where you got to start. Yeah. Do you
1: know he went to Harvard? No. He didn't. I'm learning a lot. All right. I know a lot about Conan O'Brien. Apparently. Uh, it's episode 1,575, right? Yes. 1,575. On today's show, folks, it is, of course, Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. So we will dig into the numbers, and I will tell you what the Texas high school football running back capital is. Let's what go. is the capital? Texas high school capital for running backs? We'll talk about that, dive into the numbers for that. In the back half of the program, uh, we're continuing our tour of the Republic of Football Network, and we've got a big guest today. We'll be joined by the one and only, I mean that very sincerely, <laughs> Jay Arnold. Jay Arnold, who is the co-host of uh, Aggie Warpod, our uh, A&M podcast and the Republic of Football Podcast Network. We'll be joined by him to talk about all things Aggies. We'll talk a little bit about probably... Um, Uh, the fact that he ate mayonnaise off of a spoon on live national television. So that's a thing that he did, and we'll talk about that. Uh, He does a great Scott Stapp impression. There's a lot of bits to talk about with Jay Arnold (laughs) coming up here at the back half of the program, so we hope you'll stick with us. Do we have first four through the door?
0: We sure do. It was Andrew Christensen, Tony Blaylock, Zill 0678, and Coach Terry Crawford. Crawford. Welcome in fellas.
1: The state finalists. Um, Abbott Panthers, who have turned in their questionnaire. Shout well, out go. to all the coaches who have turned in their questionnaires.
0: How many are we missing? Can you say that live on air?
1: Uh, I can. We're missing 67 UIL questionnaires. <laughs> we got two more a little earlier and oh, I was nice. a little upset. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Not nice.
1: I know. Exactly. Alright, Pickle. It is time for the most anticipated segment of the week. That's right. On Tuesdays in the off season, we celebrate Math Tuesday.
0: Math Tuesday. <laughs> math tuesday
1: it's math tuesday here on texas football today our guests who i just have to imagine came in and like parachuted and they're like what is this nonsense Nonsense. (laughs) they're now leaving i think we've i think we've scared them we've offended them (laughs) deeply i'm not gonna i'm not offended by math tuesday because i love (laughs) math tuesday it's math tuesday here on texas football today and I was doing a little bit of dicking and, and it's one of the, I think we've, we, we think about these factories, right? These, these high school football programs across the state of Texas that are these factories for specific, for specific positions. So for example, um, a is like an offensive line factory. They put out great offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. All like all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lake Travis Mm -hmm. and South Lake Carroll and Highland Park. uh, They are famous quarterback factories, right? They put out great quarterbacks. Spring Westfield's a defensive line factory, right? Mm -hmm. They put out these big, uh, that's like the defensive, maybe the defensive line capital of the state. But I started thinking a little bit about this, about what is the running back capital of the state? Where do you find the most prolific running backs in Texas high school football. And, and there's a few different ways to judge this. So, so one of them is that you could, could, you could look at like recruits, right? But honestly, I don't know if that necessarily, and, and certainly as far as putting players into the next level, that matters. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what we do here. No. You know, we do. Greg Powers does that, and the recruiting side does that, but that's not really what I'm after. What I'm after is which programs consistently produce the best high school football running backs, because there are great high school football running backs who don't go on to the next level. Right. right? And we, we're big They're
0: players. in the uh, That Guy Rules category. Exactly right.
1: Exactly <laughs> which right. Which we're a big fans we're of. We're big fans of the That Guy Rules, rules. category.
0: <laughs> they might not be, but we are.
1: <laughs> so what I wanted to do was I wanted to take a look at – which schools have produced the most prolific running backs now perhaps you're saying well tepper that's easy the answer is sugarland because uh they have, of course have have the, the sugarland express mm-hmm. they have the the state's uh, all-time leading rusher uh, in ken hall ken hall is the state's all-time leading rusher uh in texas high school football history and so you could just say done and dusted the answer is ken is, is sugarland they put out kenneth hall right that's just one guy yeah that's not consistency that's that's just one guy and now kenneth hall is great but that's just one guy but furthermore i could also look at like a a a team like and so what i did was i looked at seasons with 2300 rushing yards i think would you agree pickle Mm -hmm. that if you run for 2300 yards in a season you had a really good season as a running back. Would yes, you? Would you? Conceive absolutely. That? Okay. Because it's only happened 432 times in UIL 11-man Texas high school football history.
0: Yeah, you got to think about a toll that takes on someone too, like as a young 2300.
1: Boy. 2300. So I'll like give you an example. Okay. Jaden Jackson, the running back from Franklin, mm-hmm. who was so spectacular, right, for the Lions last year, the super sophomore did not run for twenty three hundred yards.
0: Yeah, and he absolutely annihilated. He's a people. monster. Yeah,
1: monster, right? So we're talking leveling up from a production standpoint of that. And so I started looking at the seasons with with twenty three hundred yard rushers, but then you got to look in and look into it a little bit a little, a little more. So, like for example, for example, Alito has had three 2,300-plus-yard rushing seasons. They've had three of them. Mm-hmm. All of them are Jonathan Gray. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so while that's great, that still only fundamentally means that they've put out one running back they've, who did yeah,
1: that. For the purposes of this exercise, yeah. they've only got one running back who qualifies? What I'm looking for is a school, and I think if you if you want to get to what is the running back capital of Texas high school mm-hmm. football,
0: it's not the that's the way of, you want to do it. Yeah, it's not the amount of time someone did it; it's the amount of, of players someone's. who
1: have done it. Yeah, that went to your school. I like that. And that I don't know good. if this is going to surprise anybody, <laughs> but the answer is the Katy Tigers.
0: What? No, Katy Tigers could have,
1: have put out five, five running backs who have run for 2,300 yards in a season. Seth Davis, Andre Dean, uh, Bill Jatzlau, uh, 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 Rodney Anderson, and Adam Taylor. Five running backs who have put out a 2,300-yard season. That is lapping the field. They're the only UIL 11-man Texas high school football program to ever do that. They've put out five. The next one on this list might be a little bit of a surprise, it's the Bulldogs of Corrigan Camden.
0: Yeah, that one I was, I was actually surprised
1: by. Corrigan Camden has four players on the list. Andre, uh, Andre uh, uh, Holman, Keegan Mitchell, Gerald Lacey, and Anthony Harrell. They've got four guys. They're the only program with four. So if you're looking for the two capitals of Texas high school football running backs, the answers are Katy, Texas, and like Corrigan, Texas. <laughs> That's wild. It is kind of wild. That, that, and, and that surprised me. So I was going through this because I was thinking, okay, it's going to be Alito or it's going to be someone else. Yeah. Then you've got this big glut of teams that have put out three. Let me turn the monitor around real quick. Hold on. <laughs> okay. You've got a big glut. 14 of them have had three running backs who have run for 2,300 yards. You've got Bremond. Now, one of those is Rashad Paul. Right, so that's a quarterback, uh, and I believe he did it twice. I would need to check uh, check the tape on that, but I believe he did it twice. Um, so you've got you've got Bremond on that list. You have got Carthage on that list. Carthage has put out three uh, players uh, on on that list, which
0: is actually a little bit surprising too, because they've always had good receivers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that you want to talk about just balance there. Kind of just
1: they've kind of just had a good whole lot everything. Of good everything, right? Um, that's that's one thing that kind of sets them apart. Uh, okay. <laughs> So you've got you've got them. Uh, next up, Cold Spring Oakhurst is on this list. colesbury Oakhurst uh, had, a, had a, a spell where they were really putting it out. Uh, uh, Sherman Gilbert, Cody Cummings, and Ray Fisher all ran for 2,300 yards. Converse Judson is on that list of, play- of players who have who've done that. That, uh, that should not be necessarily a surprise. Draw mm-hmm. uh, Ger- Douglas is, is famously you know, a, a yep. star there, but also Chris Pryor and Kyle Fox. Uh, Did it Cuero is on this list. Uh, Trent Jackson, D. Anthony Hopkins, and Robert Strait. Robert Strait is, is a legend uh, mm-hmm. down there in Cuero. In, in El Paso Americas. Has How done it. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Dumas did it twice. Uh, Jack Fields and Joshua Fields uh, both did it. Had twenty-three hundred yard uh, rushing seasons uh, uh, there. Elsewhere, you've got Groveton. Mm-hmm. Groveton is. Uh, once again, they've got like one big headliner, Rodney Thomas, who did it twice. But then uh, Keita West and Michael Horace also did it. Kennedale is on this list. Kennedale, uh, Deshaun Kervin, Juwan Washington, and Q Wadley put out 2,300-yard rushing seasons. McAllen Memorial is on here. Uh, McAllen Memorial is, is on the short list of, of teams with uh, Bradley Stevens, Campbell Spates, and Trevor Spates did uh, did the deed. Uh, Mineola is on this list. They joined this list this year. Because you had uh, Jeremiah Crawford, who Hmm. did it twice as a quarterback. You had Trevion Sneed, and you have Dawson Pendergrass.
0: Justice for Dawson Pendergrass. Dawson
1: Pendergrass uh, joins the list this year. Let's go. New Boston had a run where they were putting out Crazy playmakers. Damian Haskins, Shaquem Jefferson, and Cedric Ware, all 2,300-yard rushers uh, there. Snyder is on this list as well. D. Walker, Keenan uh, Ward, and Clay- Will Clay were all 2,300-yard rushers. Waco, Old Waco High, uh, J- uh, Jay Johnson, Lewis Fight, and Daryl Harris were all 2,300-yard rushers. And then Wellington. Wellington rounds out the teams that have put out three 2,300-yard rushers in Terry Gilbreth, Mark Ramirez, and uh, Wesley McKnight. Those are the only four. That right there. The 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 16 teams that you see on your on your screen, those are the only 16 teams in UIL Texas high school football, uh, UIL 11 man Texas high school football that have put out f- uh, three or more 2,300 yard rushers uh, th- as far as players are concerned. Because again, like you're talking about, there there's other outstanding. Uh, you, know, the, you know, Andrews is another example. They've got two, but mm-hmm. they've done it four times because Sean Williams did it three times. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It is, uh, it's, it's fun to look at, but I don't think there's really any doubt, and it also just, to me, feels right that the answer to this question, what is the running back capital of Texas high school football? It's Katy, Texas. It's, yes. it's the Katy Tigers. It's Katy America. And I would have no doubt that they will have another superstar running back <laughs> coming, to their, uh, coming to their backfield here uh, pretty soon. And Shout by
0: out the way, to Corrigan Camden, though. That and, rules. And by <laughs> the way,
1: if you take a look at this – there, there are guys on like there are great running backs that didn't make this list. DeAndre Glass is not on this list like there are great yep. Katie running backs that they have had that is not a that is not a comprehensive list of great Katie running backs uh, it's just remarkable the, the number of guys that they've put out there but Katie Texas if you're if you're asking me right now what the running back capital of Texas is I think it's pretty clear it's Katie yes next week what is the quarterback capital of Texas high school let's football? go the answer may surprise you or not I don't know how smart you are. Tune in to Math Tuesday.
0: Math Tuesday.
1: We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Now, a word from our
0: friends at VCR Now. 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW.
1: Pickle, our friends over there at the Republic of Football. I mean, I call them our friends.
0: Are they really, though?
1: Our friends over there at the the Republic of Football (laughs) have expanded their network. Uh, We've got a ton of great podcasts. Do we have 10 now? Yes. 10 plus Republic of Football?
0: Yeah, they're trying to get to 13.
1: We've got Um, 10, though. We've got 10 school-specific podcasts over there on the Republic of Football uh, podcast network. And one of them is a brand new podcast covering the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, And here to talk a little bit of Aggie football with us is the co-host of Aggie Warpod, the uh, A&M podcast on the Republican Football Podcast Network. Please be joined by Jay Arnold. Jay, what's up, man?
2: Hey, y'all. How's it going? Uh, Happy to be here. Uh, Tepper, Ashley, thank y'all for having me.
1: Thanks for for hopping on. Uh, You're a big get for our little show. Um, and, and we we just appreciate you taking some time uh, out of your out of your uh, your your busy schedule. You are uh, you're a, you're a former uh, Texas A&M defensive lineman. You you've got the, the bona fides. You're you are a true Aggie there. And so I will ask you uh, as a true Aggie and I would say representative of all Aggies, uh, can you give us right now a brief state of the Aggies address as far as the football program is concerned?
2: I, I can definitely try. Uh, obviously, uh, 2022 did not go to plan for the Aggies. I'm sure uh, most Texas A&M fans who are listening know that. Uh, five and seven year was definitely not part of the plan. And going into uh, the offseason, there were a lot of questions being asked about the offense and uh, the issues that they had, as well as the rushing defense, which was near the worst in the country. So they were hoping to get answers in the spring. Uh 2023 brought in a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Petrino, uh, maybe a familiar name to some folks around college football. Uh, Some offensive changes looking to build off momentum. They did get a a big win at the end of the year last year against LSU and and trying to capitalize on that. But uh, I'm not of the mind that you can take too much out of a spring practice session just because of injuries and guys getting healthy and whatnot. But I think there are some positives to take away from the spring game.
1: Are you, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned kind of the the talk has has centered around the offense, which which you know was not up to snuff last year, plain and simple. Um, they they bring in Bobby Petrino. Jimbo Fisher says that he's going to give up play calling uh, duties. Uh, are you satisfied right now with the changes, Haynes King, you know, transfers, things like that? Are you satisfied right now with the changes that have been made? You know, obviously the toe has not met leather yet, and we'll know, you know, whenever the, the fall rolls around. But are you are you confident that enough has changed that uh, that the offense will improve this year?
2: Well, the offense can't be much worse. So I am confident they'll improve. I just don't know how much. Uh, you look at Connor Wagman who I think kind of submitted his place as a starter uh, at the back half of the year, uh, especially with the performance against LSU. I mean, he was a young guy coming in. Haynes King started the year as the starter. Then you had Max Johnson. There was just no continuity uh, uh, with offense whatsoever. And now I feel like there's at least a little bit of consistency you know who your best weapon at wide receiver is in Evan Stewart. You know who the starting quarterback is going to be in Connor Wegman. And now you have an offensive coordinator uh, in Bobby Petrino who's going to change things up a little bit, but at the end of the day, uh, a lot of the programs around the country in the college football level are running similar concepts. So so really it's just kind of the window dressing around it. And uh, w- what that basically means is, you know, A&M has another year under their belt with experienced guys and guys that they have faith in. So I think we'll see a big step forward on the offense. Uh, But again, it's hard to tell until you see them out there on the field in the fall
1: talking with jay arnold uh the host of aggie Warpod on the republican Fo- football podcast network here on texas football today get involved in conversation at hashtag tf today uh i do want to talk a little bit about the defense uh you know last year you mentioned the rushing defense left a lot to be desired um that you know overall the numbers are not terrible terrible for a and m you know they were they were kind of i would say middle of the pack defensively as far as the the aggregate numbers are concerned um i i did we underrate the departure of Mike Elko uh, to go become the new head coach at at Duke? Did we, did we gloss over that too much? Was that a bigger impact deal than, than maybe we thought heading into 2022?
2: I think it definitely was. And and you look at the instant impact that Mike Elko had at Duke uh, and then what that program did this year, which was a huge step forward. And I think maybe we did underrate Mike Elko leaving, but there's also, I mean, you look at the defensive line for Texas A and M, and McKinley Jackson was really the only super experienced guy up front. Uh, a lot was made about all the talent coming in uh, along the defensive front, but those guys were all super young, and it's it's a big adjustment uh, to to take the leap from high school football to, to college football. Additionally, a new defensive coordinator, some some differences in philosophy, in DJ Durkin. I mean, there there were some some definite. Changes that could have had a negative impact on the defense. I I will say, I mean, against the pass, it seems like A&M did pretty well last year, and and it's going to build on that strength. Uh, But like I said, I mean, the the rushing attack, uh, depending against the rush, has to be improved. So uh, we'll, we'll see with those new defensive linemen. They have another year under their belt if they're able to kind of uh, put that talent that, that was talked about out uh, on display on the field.
1: Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. And, and, and when you take a look at this 2023, you know, Aggies team, what is one thing that has you really excited uh, uh, about this team and one thing that has you worried?
2: So I'll start with the uh, the bad news, okay. and that's going to be the linebacker position. That's the the one thing that has me really worried. Uh, it was kind of a, a part of the issue last year as far as defending the run, but uh, there's not a lot of depth at the position. Uh, you have Christopher Russell and and uh, Edrin Cooper at the linebacker positions, but then uh, behind him at depth, you have one guy who's been in the program, and Marshall Harris Jr. Uh, Torian York and Damien Sanford, who are both newcomers, are then the depth beyond them. So the linebacker position has to be really a worry uh, if you're a Texas A&M fan. As far as one thing that you're feeling very confident about, uh, you know, it's – it's a little bit of a catch-22 at the quarterback position, but I feel like A&M having their guy mm-hmm. makes a huge difference offensively. Now, obviously, we're going to see if the offensive line can hold up there into the bargain, but I think that knowing you have a guy in Connor Wegman who is the future of the program, you have to feel a little bit of confidence in that and then also with his relationship with Evan Stewart, uh, which I think we saw on display during the spring game.
1: One of the things that I always I always enjoy about following a And M is that is that they have they'll have stars, but then they'll also have some guy that like for some like that has has flown under the radar. It's hard to fly under the radar at a And because they're so high profile. But like they they fly under the radar and then suddenly they become like the guy that everybody's talking about, like a fan favorite. Do you have? A guy that you have your eye on heading into 2023 that you're like, yeah, Connor not Connor Wigman, not Evan Stewart, those guys are obviously outstanding. I mean, is there some guy who you think not enough people are talking about that you're like that people are going to say, man, this guy actually kind of rules.
2: I think Noah Thomas at the receiver position is a guy that can can be that kind of breakout guy that nobody's really expecting. Uh, part of that is because Evan Stewart's going to attract a lot of the attention, but Noah Thomas, I mean that that big-bodied receiver, it, it's not as common in today's game, but he he's a guy that can can really create some matchup problems, and I think that opposite of Evan Stewart. He's going to be somebody to watch, especially in that receiver group. And then, I mean, I could bring up just the whole tight end position group in general as part of that because I think that position group is just incredible and maybe isn't talked about enough.
1: Uh, and finally, it's Jay Arnold, host of Aggie Warpod here on Republican Football Podcast Network. Uh, I do want to ask you about your your highest achievement. You've, you've, you've accomplished a lot. Of course, you're a, former, uh, you're a former A&M defensive lineman. You now get to host a podcast with Mike Craven, which I don't get to do that. That feels like a big deal. Um, <laughs> But you were, of course, the one, the one hundred thousand, or the the one millionth fan at the uh, the, Duke's Mayo, uh, uh, bowl, uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl between NC State and Maryland, and you were um, you were captured on television, um, just taking a nice little spoonful of Duke's Mayo. Um, just how was it? I'm just interested in like what the whole what that whole experience was like of just uh <laughs> shoveling some some mayonnaise into your face on national television.
2: Well, look, Tab, I, I think one thing we forget about mm. is that football is supposed to be fun. <laughs> and the Tw- folks at the Dukes Mayo Bowl, I mean, put that putting that whole experience together, it, it's just such a fun, wacky, wild experience. And me playing the one small part in that and, you know, uh, taking the spoon into the full jar of mayo and, and, and taking a bite of that. Uh, I, well, unfortunately, several bites, but uh, <laughs> it, it was just uh, it was a it was a really fun experience.
1: Uh, and, and I do, you know, people are focusing a lot on the shirt, which is you're just here for the mayo and they're focusing on the bite. I want to focus on and I don't know if enough people have given you credit. You're wearing a Kreutz market shirt, uh, hat in that in that, in that game. Uh, uh you know you are a you are above all else a committed to texas barbecue and that's one of the things that i really that i really admire about you <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's one of my favorite hats. It's funny because I actually got the hat from another buddy who's. I actually got a barbecue joint in Montgomery, uh, Cooper Abercrombie at Barry Barbecue. He's the one that gave me this hat, and it, it's rapidly become one of my favorite hats to wear because it's, it's, uh, it's the old school Texas barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of where the Texas style barbecue originated there in Lockhart. Uh, it's just kind of fun to to put on for the for the flagship as far as uh, going to north carolina which was a state with its own barbecue background and wearing a texas barbecue hat
1: now you're flying the flag, and we appreciate that uh certainly few people are going to appreciate it as much as, as we do uh he's jay Arnold. he's the co-host of Aggie Warpod on the Republican football podcast network. follow him on Twitter at coach Jay Arnold Jay appreciate your time my friend and uh i I'm sure you wh- where's what so you went in a barbecue in montgomery today where what's the next barbecue stop for you
2: <laughs> man it's uh I stay busy there's uh there's a lot uh a lot of new Texas barbecue spots opening up, it seems like, every day. Uh, there's a spot in the spring area of Houston that I want to get to called Rosemeyer, and, and hopefully I get up there soon.
1: Jay, appreciate your time, my friend, and uh, safe travels.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: There he goes, Jay Arnold, co-host of Aggie Warpod on the Republic Football Podcast Network. He's a colorful guy. He's a good follow on Twitter. He's an objectively good follow on Twitter, <laughs> like... I don't care. Even if you are not an A and M fan, mm-hmm. like for the neutral, he's an excellent follow on Twitter,
0: so. which is good. That's when you can really get your your Twitter bona fides is when yes, because specifically, and we'll put both of them in there. Like there there are multiple universities that are very very vocal with their fan base. Mm-hmm. I think everyone would agree. Texas and Texas A and M both have that. So if you can follow one of them yes. and not be like. Oh, it's because I'm this fan, or oh, it's because I hate this. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's, that's not bad. That's he's 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 a, an exceptional follow, uh, regardless of your affiliation. Uh, a Kids lot of good May. bits. A lot of good bits out there. Uh, so make sure you go and follow uh Jay and re- listen to Republic or listen to the Republic Football Podcast Network uh, mm-hmm. and listen to Aggie Warpod with Jay Arnold and Mike Craven. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts?
0: Um perfect final thoughts. I opened up Twitter at uh, one point and Mike Craven had just tweeted out literally at twelve eleven, so just about fifteen minutes ago. A new Aggie Warpod with Jay How Arnold is that? at. We talked about the spring game, expectations, and the importance of gearing up in twenty twenty three for a Real run in 2024, um, and he has listed the links to Spotify and Apple, so um, where out. your podcast are. At. So yeah, go listen Literally, fresh off of one.
1: It's almost like
0: it's almost like we talk in this company, which we did not. Almost like we planned it <laughs> that way.
1: Shut up. We're gonna we're gonna get. They're gonna think we're real smart. Just let them think it. They
0: we're in 1,500 and whatever. They know we're not real smart. <laughs>
1: Going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us said, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Jay Arnold of Aggie Warpod for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We will see you tomorrow for recruiting with Greg Power on Texas Football today.